0: what is up everyone hope you guys are having a fantastic day i really do wish that for you whoever's listening thank you so much for tuning in to the saber physique podcast i truly truly appreciate you being over here so today we are going to talk about how to maximize your gains during your newbie phase Um, newbie phase basically means zero to six months of training experience Also, at the end, I'm going to talk about why kindness wins. Alright, so let's start off by talking about all the newbies that go to the gym. It's your first day, you go there, you see a bunch of people lifting a ton of weight, you see like the Jack dude, all the girls are looking at him, and if you're a girl, you see the girl with like the nicest booty like she's got toned arms you know you see the person with your dream physique and you see them like do a lot of weight or like the person next to you on the bench press is doing a lot of weight and people especially people who are not well educated about lifting what they do they get caught up in their ego and they end up ego lifting Now, let me tell you why it's so important to address this, because ego lifting can cause injuries, and the last thing we need for a newbie, for a person who just got into training, who's trying this out, or is in the beginning stage, is to do something wrong and injure themselves. So... I invite you to, instead of just blindly walking into the gym and asking your like your best friend who has a decent physique, who isn't educated, who, whose fil- uh, who's, uh, field isn't uh, fitness. Uh, some people even pro- uh, proclaim that they're fitness people and they don't even know what they're doing. But let's say your friend is not proclaiming that... Um, he or she is a fitness person so instead of listening to someone who might be able to help you we have the world of knowledge literally literally we can search whatever we want and we can get access to information that doctors would like spend 10 years getting or a year or two researching creating that study and we can get it within minutes and to be honest, that is how I started. I didn't start, I, w- I was in your shoes. Like, if you're a newbie right now, um, and you don't have enough experience, and here's the thing by the way, I should mention before I even continue when I say zero to six months of training experience, I should mention proper training experience. You could be training for a year, aka me when I was 12, 13, and 14. I, was, I trained from 12 to 14 and maybe like in the beginning of 15, when I was 15 years old too, but I wasn't training the right way, so technically that makes me a newbie. So I consider anyone, anyone who goes to the gym and just d- does whatever or changes it up every week uh, to confuse their muscles and that type of bullshit, and you're stuck with the traditional bro science um, nonsense, you're a newbie. You're a fucking newbie. That, that, that's it. And end of story. Now, back to what I was saying. Instead of ego lifting, instead of allowing yourself to get caught up in your thoughts and want to show off to your friends because your friend was benching a plate and you want to bench a plate and you go there, you don't, arch your back, you don't retract your shoulders. Now, if you're new, you don't even know what I'm saying right now. So, go online. Before each movement, study how to perform them. Don't watch one video and say, okay, now I'm a master. I'll figure it out. No, watch 5, 10, 15, 20 videos. See what you can find that's uh, in common with all of them so when you watch 10 things that's how a study is done a study you don't you don't uh, cherry pick from uh, scientific literature that's um, that's actually a stupid thing to do a lot of people actually scam others especially fitness quote-unquote gurus um, <clears throat> they cherry pick studies and then they feed you some nonsense To take your money so don't cherry-pick your information don't just like um, read what you want to read don't incorporate things that you just think that they're good actually put in the time put in the effort to study the studies you can go on PubMed like this is how I did it there's like some um, some people get mad especially my family like don't give out your secrets I don't I don't care I'm trying to help people so this is how I uh, this is how I do it I go to pubmed.com and then I search my question whether it be nutrition whether it be training and a fuck ton of information a fuck ton of studies just pop up now here's the thing if you if you're not a fitness person, if you're not a geek for the science behind everything, behind the things that we do at the gym, behind why uh, fat loss is dependent on caloric um, expenditure, um, why bulking you need to be in a caloric surplus, why protein, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. If you're not into it, you're not going to enjoy doing the research. So before you even do that, I highly recommend. For you to ask yourself, are you are you a fitness nerd? If you are, if you're another person like me, then listen carefully. You go to PubMed.com. Nowadays, actually, Google also has uh, has a like scientific study. All you have to do is just like type your question or type your phrase, whatever you're trying to search, and then put studies in front of it. Literally, a bunch of shit just pops up. Now don't go to huffingtonpost.com or I don't know what, what's a men's health or some fucking nonsense like that to get find your answer because they they um, they root for like mainstream things that can make them money or like promoting a specific supplement, some kind of nonsense. So instead, go to a scientific website, aka PubMed aka some sports journal website there are a bunch you can just find like just put sports nutrition websites you can put uh, sports medicine websites you can put um, exercise physiology websites you basically search all of those things and then you find websites and they have databases for you to get access and some some people even uh charge money uh, for you to get access to um summarized studies for you to understand it better like mass monthly application um, of strength sport M A S S. by the way this is not um sponsored or anything i just like truly truly think what they do is really good that's why i'm promoting them um mass does it alan aragon has a website james krieger has a website um all of these people they, they do it, they charge for a premium because they take the studies, they take the good studies because that's what they do for a living, and they summarize it and they feed it to people. Now, I I enjoy it. Sometimes I do look into those studies. However, I I like the raw data. I'm 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 a like I'm a science nerd. So I like to look at the full on like every, like all the details behind it. It just fascinates me. So I go on PubMed most of the time and then I grab a bunch of studies like if it's regarding fat loss. So I take like 20 different papers, I download them. Then I go to some sports uh, nutrition website uh, that I trust. Um, and I download another like 10 studies and I go to another website, and I do that, and then I dedicate a few days to go over all of them, and then make notes of all the things that are similar. And the things that came out to be um, common in all of them are the things that I implement into my routine, into my lifestyle, and for my clients. That's how I do it. As simple as that. However, most people are not interested in the science. they're like, "Tell me what to do." you know they, they just want instant answers. And for that, thank God, uh, we have YouTube, we have Google, we have Instagram well, I mean, not so much Instagram, but mostly Google, uh, mostly Google and um, YouTube. YouTube is the best place for um, this type of shit. So this is what I recommend. Go online. Find the science-based or evidence-based practitioners of the fitness industry. Just search that. Literally, just search evidence-based practitioners in the fitness industry. And you get a bunch of names. So then go on YouTube, search the specific movement or specific question with that person's name on it. uh, Right next to it. Guess what will happen? you'll get an evidence-based answer, as simple as that. So before doing a specific movement, just search how to bench press properly before you go to the gym, a day or two, how to do a pull-up properly, how to squat properly, how to deadlift with perfect form. I don't know, something like that. Ask your question, find the answer, Study it, take notes, and then when you go to the gym, record yourself. This is key. When you go to the gym, record yourself performing the movement. Do you know why? Because form matters a lot more than the weight that you lift. I don't give a fuck if you bench 315 pounds, but if your back is flat, your shoulders are protracting at the end of the range, uh, at the end of the movement and you keep wobbling your 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 legs i don't care how much you bench you're just you're, you're gonna get you're gonna fuck yourself up and you bring the bar all the way down to your chest as fast as you can and you bounce it off of yourself um all i see is a disaster waiting to happen so i don't care about the weight however Just today, actually, before I started this podcast, I was at the gym and this girl comes uh, and she starts benching. And I told my girlfriend, look at her form. And she was benching maybe like five pound plates on each side. And like some people, I'm not looking down on her, by the way. I'm I'm just saying she was benching five pound plates on each side. It's not like, holy shit, she's benching two plates. But her form was so amazing that I don't even give a fuck about the weight. Her, the, her form was the thing that stood out. I believe, not, I, not only like I, but like all the um, fitness practitioners who are in this for the long run, they all know that with proper form and uh, emphasizing form over weight in the long run, Your your lifting career will always be there. You don't have to take time off. See, injuries are always like around the corner. If you don't train properly, you can get injured any moment. So educate yourself on how to perform the movements, how much to do um, of that specific movement, which we will talk about later. And yeah, so you, you have to prioritize form over weight. And when you do that, you won't be training for the next three years and then you get like fucking shul- shoulder arthritis at the age of 25 and you're like, okay, now I, d- I can't bench the way that I want. Then you're like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Let me, I won't even bench. I'll just do shoulder, blah, 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 I'll do, I'll do, um, cable flies. Then you don't get the same kick out of it. Now you start squatting because squatting is fun. And then you still aren't focusing on your form. And then, your knee or your lower back you you pop something and you're like okay shit like this this thing isn't for me so within within 5 years you're like you know what fuck this shit I, i'm out so think about you being if you're if you're a man think about being a grandpa who not only looks amazing but also lifts like a fucking advanced bodybuilder or powerlifter a strong and aesthetic grandpa. Like that, that. That that's my goal. Like yeah sure awesome. It, it's a, awesome to have a physique right now. But I want to be able to lift. And fucking enjoy the process. Even in my 60s. I might not be able to bench like 255 for 2 reps. But I will be able to lift at least you know 200. Maybe 225 for 1 rep. And I'll be safe. My shoulders won't hurt. My elbows won't hurt. So, those things matter. You have to think. When I say long run, I mean a lifetime. I don't mean by long run, I don't mean 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Long run for me is until the day I die, I want to continue to lift. So, prioritize form over weight. That is point number one. Now, the second thing that I want to talk about is. The compound movements, when I say that, most people think about deadlifting, squatting, and bench press, which is true. They are compound movements, but they're not the only compound movements. They are the big three, when I say like the big compound movements, everyone thinks of those three. Yeah, they they are important, but it's very powerlifting focused. Now, if you're you're trying to become a powerlifter, of course, then those are your three competitive lifts and you have to prioritize them. However, if you're in this for the fitness, to become healthy, to look good, to get stronger, to feel good, all those things, then it's not the big three. It's the big six. I I learned this from uh, one of my online mentors, um, Alberto Nunez. He talks about the big six which are the horizontal press, the vertical press, the horizontal pull, the vertical pull, a squat variant, and um, a hip hinge. So let's talk about that. What is a horizontal press? Just picture yourself performing a horizontal press. That's basically anything that you push away from your chest, away from your body in a horizontal manner. Basically a bench press. A vertical press is like a shoulder press, a military press, dumbbell, shoulder press, something like that. A horizontal pull is something like a seal row, plate loaded rows, uh, cable rows. Um, A vertical row or vertical pull um, is basically a pull-up, a lap pull-down, something like that. A squat variant can be... Uh, low bar squat, uh, low bar back squatting, high bar back squatting, front squats, uh, box squats, leg press, any type of movement that can imitate a squat. Then comes the hip hinge, which is basically any form of deadlifting. It can be sumo, it can be conventional, it can be RDLs, it can be um, RDLs meaning um, Romanian deadlifts, um, stiff-legged deadlifts. Um, hip thrusts, stuff like that. So those are the big six movements. Now, why do you need to prioritize them? If you remember, I said compound movements. Let's talk about compound. What does compound mean? Compound means more than one. So basically, compound movements work on more than one muscle. Now, on the other side, we have isolation movements. Basically, they work on one muscle. Compound, group of muscles. Isolation, on a single muscle. A bicep curl is an isolation movement. However, you want to hit your biceps, you can do um, pull-ups with an underhand grip, basically a chin-up, and that will work on your bicep too. However, you're hitting your lats, you're hitting your rhomboids, you're hitting your rear delts to an extent, and you're hitting your forearm, you're hitting your biceps, so as so you're basically hitting multiple muscles with one movement, that's a combat movement. When you do a bench press, it works on your chest, it works on your front delts, it works on your triceps. So it's a group of muscles, while a bicep curl will work directly on your biceps. If you do tricep extension, it will work directly. It will primarily work on your triceps. Lateral raises will work on your lateral delts. So you get the whole point of this. So you need a program that emphasizes the big six movements at, with the ratio of like, I would even go up to like 90% uh, around, revolving around the big six and 10% around isolation movements. Um, But I know a lot of people, especially when they start um, training, they really, really enjoy their isolation because everyone likes to bicep curl. Everyone likes to do their lateral raises. Um, I was one of them. Um, So I go, I break it down to 80 20. 80% focus on the compounds, 20% on isolation. So that's a good rule of thumb. I'm not saying that is the absolute best way. I'm just saying if you're a newbie and you're trying to program for yourself, that is how I would structure it. Now, I see a lot of people a lot, like I it's hard to even count. They go to the gym, they train like a maniac. And in the previous podcast I was talking about uh, training to failure they don't know how many sets reps they're supposed to. they just put the weights on and they train until they're tired of doing that movement or they go i need to go and do three sets of 10 because this bodybuilder on youtube did that don't replicate someone else's program individualization when it comes to programming is crucial for as optimal as possible program that fits your lifestyle. So for a beginner, um, I don't like to push them too far. I want to focus on progressive overload, which is basically on a week-to-week basis, you progress, whether it can be um, doing more sets, doing more reps, doing more weight, or doing the same weight, but with um, high, like a, a higher quality set, basically. That means like, if you did, if you went to the gym and you put on like 135 pounds on the squat uh, on the squat bar, and you start squatting, and you do f- three sets of five, and then on the fifth one you were extremely struggling, but then next week instead of adding more weight, you just go and do the same thing, except. On the the last set, you don't feel like you're going to die under the bar, it feels easier. So that can be progressive overload as well. So basically, it's adding stress over time. The thing that makes our muscles grow is the stress from training and then the the process, like it's 50% stress from training. And then the other 50% of muscle growth comes from recovering. Because if you if all you do is break down, break down, break down, break down, then there's no recovery process. So your muscles don't heal to look bigger, to feel, bre- to feel better. So you get the idea. So there's a specific number um, that you would have to hit. But it's different from uh, person to person. Every, everyone's different some people can take a lot and lots of beating and still be fine especially like when it comes to women women tend to um, be able to get away with doing a lot more in the gym than men um, doing like a little lighter lighter weights and higher reps um, and guys can get away with lifting a little heavier than women not only because they enjoy it but it's a It's because of a hormonal thing, uh, which I will further discuss in a future episode. That's a completely different topic. So, for the compounds, I would do, this is a good starting point, I would divide my training into four weeks. Week one, doing eight sets. Week two, doing nine sets. Week three, doing ten sets a week. Not in a day. Again. Again. Eight sets a week, eight sets for week one, nine sets for week two, ten sets for week three. And you take what I just said and you divide it into at least two different sessions. So if week one, you can only get to the gym four days, uh, two days, and you have eight sets of squat per week. So what do you do? You don't do eight sets of squats in one day. So you divide into a four and four or a five and three or a six and two, which I, I, I recommend four and four, just like since you're a beginner, um, we want to progress linearly. Um, so I would do a four and four, and then week two, I have nine sets of squats. I would do a five and four or a four and five, then uh, week three, I would do a five and five, and then week four is what I like to call a taper week. The week that you take, um, how should I, the week that you lower the training stress a little bit, allowing your body to recover from all the stress you put it through from week one to week three. So how how do you do that? You lower the weight, from uh, whatever you were doing by 20 to 25 percent and if you were doing five, uh, five reps you do two to three reps if you were doing five sets you go down to two sets on and this is comparing your week three to your week four so if you were doing Let's say on the squats, you were doing five sets of three on your squats on week uh, week three. Then week four, what you do is two sets of one rep with 25% decrease from um, the weight that you did on week three. I know, I know it's a little complicated, but don't worry. I have a special thing for you guys um, at the end of the podcast, so bear with me. Now, when it comes to your isolation movements, um, some people don't even need to do isolation. But if you're if you're really really interested, I don't recommend doing more uh, more than six sets a week um, per muscle. So I say two to six sets on isolation movements, and eight to ten sets a week um, for compounds. Now. <clears throat> The reason I'm making this podcast is because I want people to take advantage of their newbie gains. I started off by dieting during my newbie gains. So basically, I, I just threw everything away. Well, I didn't necessarily throw everything, I didn't necessarily throw everything away. Um, but if you're a newbie and if you're a little chunky, don't worry. Take advantage of your newbie phase and keep eating the way that you are. Increase your protein intake. Increase your carb intake. Watch how much fat you eat. Have like um, 0.8 to 1 gram uh, of protein per pound of body weight and do like um, 0.3... Uh, times uh, your body weight and then that's the amount of fat and then you take that number you divide it by nine that's the amount of fats you need so basically like 20 to 30 percent of your daily caloric intake should come from fats and and then the rest should come from carbs take advantage of it build some muscle because there's always time to lose weight and trust me weight loss is not that um, insane it's not that difficult it's not that complicated as people like to make it it's pretty fucking simple there's always time for it however new gains once it's gone it's gone so take advantage train extremely hard well but not extremely um, hard enough eat enough build a ton of muscle whether you're a female or a male it doesn't matter By the way, if you're a girl listening to this, you're not going to get bulky. Stop worrying about getting bulky. You're not going to get bulky. Trust me. Women do not have the same hormones as dudes. You guys have estrogen while we have testosterone. We are designed to like, we were born with more muscle too. You can't. You don't get as bulky as a guy. Yeah, if you're in an insane amount of uh, caloric surplus, or you use performance-enhancing drugs, then yes, of course, you'd probably end up looking a little bulky. However, if you're just like an average girl trying to booty build, um, you're not gonna get bulky if you you know bench press. If anything, you'll tone up faster. You'll start getting fat loss, uh, you'll have a more efficient fat loss phase. Anyways, I can put that in another video as well. So basically, take advantage of your newbie age So um, I have something that I want to offer you guys for free. I created a program um, for a mesocycle, basically a month um, that lasts it's a four week program and I'm giving it for free. It's for beginners, for men and women. The link will be in the description on how you can get access to it. You download it, it's a spreadsheet. You find out what your max, your one rep max is, and you apply it, and then the spreadsheet will automatically put how much weight you're supposed to do how many sets how many reps and everything will be taken care of Um, just fill in the information and just follow the program and if you have any questions all you have to do again i just gave you the answer go to youtube and search that specific movement up and pretty soon i'm going to come out with another course on how to perform um, the movements of like whatever i have in my program Right now I'm unable to do so because most gyms don't allow me to take my camera and I'm trying to talk to a friend to allow me to go to his gym and record. Um, So I'll try to make that happen as fast as possible. But for now, just work with what you have. Go to YouTube, watch five videos, watch 10 videos, get the common thing out of it, apply it to your routine and fucking enjoy your newbie phase because that is a game changer it can your newbie phase it's going to be insane if you take advantage so that was the fitness content for today's podcast if you're if you only listen to me for fitness that will be uh, that's it i highly recommend for you to click out right now thank you so much for listening if you're done because after this um i don't know if you read the title i'm going to talk about why kindness wins so if you're going to quit, if you're going to uh, exit this podcast right now, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you staying so far. And if you're going to download the spreadsheet, I hope it'll provide some sort of value. I hope you take advantage of your newbie phase. And when you're done, I don't want your money. Just I don't know, DM me on um, Saber Physique, um, your progress. Show me your before and after. That's all I want to see, man or woman, girl, man, I'm so awkward, so thank you again, now, for my other listeners that are interested in the the philosophical side of uh, my life, or like, the way that I speak, today I was going through Instagram, and I came across um, a post by my favorite online celebrity, should I, I don't, I don't even know if I should call them online personality um, by Gary Vaynerchuk. And the post said, kindness always wins. And I I, I resonated with that uh, quote a lot. And I wanted to talk about it. I, I, I wanted to share my ideas about this because the quote is beautiful, but I, I feel like the, the picture was incomplete because people... I should say, people of my age, millennials basically, they get shit on a lot because like we're lazy, blah 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 blah. You know, I, I do it too. I I'm a part. I'm I'm one of uh, I'm one of the millennials. And I shit on myself sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm just lazy. So this whole dogma around millennials is kind of like ridiculous, sometimes I even talk about, you know, I talk shit about us too, to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to hide it, but recently I've realized that we're not shitty, we're not, we're just different, we're different from the society and like our parents, the society, the, the system is really, really old and it's trying to make us into like today's 50 year olds, and we are, we are evolving into something new, which is kind of, I know this, this is getting like out of hand, but I really want to like mention this. So what I'm going to talk about, the, actually the reason that I'm going to talk about this is because the why behind uh, kindness always wins is very important. Uh, Gary didn't say that, and maybe, maybe he said it in his one of his videos, or someone else has spoken about it. But <laughs> you're over here right now, you're listening to me rant, so I'm gonna make this as sweet as possible because um, my fellow millennials, my my, my brothers and sisters, um, we we either fall into the extremely philosophical. Uh, side or extremely practical. So th- thank God I, I I was raised around people and the way that I grew up and uh, the things that I've been into. The way that I speak, I I kind of combine both. I, I kind of approach um, my ideologies in a practical and uh, philosophical manner. So if you're interested in um, that type of thing, then stick around because I'm about to, I'm, I'm just going to Like, this is not scripted, by the way. I think you already know (laughs) that I don't speak off of a script. Okay. So, everyone around us is either a douche or a bitch. Like, everyone wants to prove their aggression. Everyone is, like, sticking their dicks out of their houses to prove something to the world. And... When you come across someone, let's say, just something very, very simple, something extremely simple, like you're, you're in your car, you're driving, and someone cuts you, like, cuts you off, you get pissed off, you get angry, and you want to like literally flip them off, you become a douche or a bitch. And the person who did that, the person who cuts you off, becomes a douche or a bitch. The world is getting filled with a lot of um, judgment. And the thing that most people don't realize, if you're the person cutting someone else off, you need to realize that you're being a douche or a bitch. If you don't cut that person off, that person won't honk at you or turn their um, high beams on or flash their high beams a bunch of times to annoy the fuck out of you. And if you're the person who's driving and then someone cuts you off, maybe you should let that person, maybe that person has been trying to um, come into your lane to get into the carpool lane or go uh, get an exit or something. You don't know where they're coming from. The problem with millennials is that we lack empathy. My friends, we lack empathy we don't know what's going on on the other end we just want to instantly judge we want like you know it's just like the social it's it's like our social media platform like if we want entertainment we don't have to go you know get out of our comfort zone go out into the world get into our car drive in this like you know dri- drive through the city and then go to the movie theater buy a ticket go inside watch a movie buy popcorn you know stuff like that now if we want entertainment You pick up your phone, you unlock it because everyone with your thumb, because everyone has touch ID now, you put your fingerprint, your phone unlocks, you click Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or Snapchat and you're there. You got it. Okay, there's another thing. You want toilet paper, you go, you put in your fingerprint, you go to Amazon and Amazon ships it directly to your house. You want to call your 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 friend? I this is what I've heard, actually, from where I come from. There, I remember um, when when I wanted to talk to my cousin who lived in America, I had to use a card, and the card gave me specific uh, minutes. Like I I had like a um, fixed amount of minutes to speak to my cousin, that was out of country. And I would be able to do that like maybe once a month. Like that's not even that long ago. I'm a millennial and I'm talking like, I can't even imagine like back in the day, in 1940s and 50s, when you wanted to talk to someone, you had to send a letter that would take two months to get to them. And then you'd receive the, uh, the response in three months. And then within like within the five month period, you'd be able to communicate with that person. That's crazy. Now everything is instant. You want movies, it's instant. There's Netflix. You want entertainment. You want to talk to people. There's social media. You want news. You don't have to like wait for the morning newspaper. You just go on Fox News. You don't have to wait for a specific, you know, time for live news to come up. Live information is being spread on Google, on like every news platform you can think of. So everything is extremely instant. So like, including myself, if something is not extremely practical that I can't apply at this moment to get the results that I want, then I I, kind of get detached from it. So basically, we lack patience and we lack empathy. And do you know what happens when you lack patience and empathy? You're not kind. You, You become pushy. So when you, it's kind of like they're they're all attached together. You have to have patience. The thing that I always catch myself because self-awareness as like every fucking successful people out there, they all say the same thing. Self-awareness is the key to success because success means different things to different people. But anyways, so I catch myself sometimes sometimes Uh, running my own business sometimes and i'm like okay now today's the day i'm gonna run this ad i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna become a millionaire so like you know millennial mentality Uh, i want to work the like least amount and get the most results we all love that we love the idea of maybe working like 20 hours a week but making like 20 million dollars a year while the truth is you gotta uh, as as Uh, Gary says you got to work your fucking face off until you get to that 20 million and 20 million is nothing well I mean for me I'm talking personally for some people like a hundred thousand dollars is like holy shit again we all have different levels of success and I'm not even talking about financial success anyways back to what I was saying so patience and empathy just start practicing with like the simplest thing if you have a sibling if your sibling comes back from school and they're pissed and they say something to you, you don't know what happened in school. So you are self-aware enough. You need to become self-aware enough to know that you're gonna give them empathy, and you shouldn't expect anything from anyone because you just because you're trying to get quote unquote woke doesn't mean the world around like everybody, everyone in your family should be the same too. Try, start with your own family. Give without expecting. Become a like. Some people are born kind. Like my mom, not only because she's my mom, but like I have a friend too. I won't. I won't even bring up my mom because everyone's gonna shit on me for bringing up my mom. You know what? No, fuck you guys. I'm gonna talk about my mom. My mother is extremely kind to the world. She she's unbelievably kind to the world, and she gives without expecting anything. And there are people out there, I know a bunch of people, who just love you for you. They they don't give a fuck about what you can give them or what you've done or like how stupid you are. They just love you for you. And they give you more than they receive and they don't even expect shit. And here's the thing. When you do something for those people, it's not because you're like, oh, fuck, it's their birthday. Fuck, man, fine. Yeah, I guess. You know, social status. I don't want them to, like, hold it against me. No, you feel guilty because they're so kind to you. Their kindness puts you in guilt for them to do something nice for you. I I have a friend so maybe you're listening. So Sean, this one I'm shout out to Sean every time I have some sort of car problem. Like he's literally a text away and he has never ever asked for anything. And every time this kid helps me, I genuinely feel guilty for taking help. Even though like he's like, "Oh dude, it's totally fine." And he doesn't I know he doesn't expect anything. But, but hey man if, if you're listening to this by the way i <laughs> I owe you a dinner um he he literally makes me feel guilty for asking for help he's just extremely kind and there are people out there some people are born with it some people unlike some people are like me they're just like oh, I'm selfish I, I I was born selfish I was born around a bunch of fucking people who all they think about is me 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 there's nothing wrong with that, but I want to change it because i, I I've seen what kindness does, and I, I'm not turning towards kindness for the results, but it's because it's a good thing. It's the right thing to do. now, when you when you start developing kindness, basically like if I'm talking to millennials, if you develop patience and empathy, you become kind. There are so many people around us that are fucking, you know, douchebags and bitches that you will stand out in, in the crowd. And like there are seven billion people around the world, and not a lot of people are actually kind. You have to understand this. And some people are, but they're not, they are not in position, they're not in a position to actually make a huge difference. Sometimes you go to, like, I I went to India and I met like the nicest, like the most polite, and like he was one of the kindest people I've ever met. But he was a rickshaw driver, like the, the three wheel motor. If I talk to him about entrepreneurship, he goes. This is what he literally says. I'm like, "Are you happy doing what you, what you do?" He says, "I'm happy. I don't care." His his thing, by the way, if I'm if I have an Indian accent because I'm half Indian, so I have the right to say it. So don't 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 say shit to me about this. Like if he's happy, he, all he cared about was, you know, if I, if I don't go to bed hungry, I'm good. I'm happy. And they literally sometimes give their own food to other people so b- because they know what hunger feels like. That is genuine kindness. But their kindness doesn't get recognized because they live in a country. They live in, I shouldn't say a country, but their um, circumstances are in a way that it doesn't get recognized. But we live in the one of the greatest countries in the world. That whatever you do, <laughs> everyone Instagrams their... Fucking birthdays, everyone Instagrams and Snapchats, they're like, I don't know, friends doing uh, donuts in the parking lot and drinking beer, smoking weed, and I don't know, partying or some all the stupid shit you always see. I open up my Snapchat, I see relationship posts, I see people partying, I see people smoking weed, I see people drinking, I see people working out, aka myself. I see people doing all the shit that everybody else does. How many people do you see doing, like, ha- doing some sort of like an act of kindness? Nobody, because they think kindness isn't cool. Being cool, you have to drink. You have to blend in with the world. We need to stand out. We need to stop, you know, f- 55-year-old Rodney picking, picking on us for being a fucking millennial. You know what? Fuck you, Rodney. You were at our age, and I'm pretty sure if you were in our situation, you would be worse than us. It's not my fault that I was raised around Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, having access to it. Th- that 50% is our fucking family's fault. However, however, that's not me blaming them for my problems. Now you've recognized, now you have realized that there's something wrong. This is how we are being portrayed in the world. This is how we are. Some of you are like, holy shit. The, this guy's right. Let me try this. Now that you're woke enough, not, like this is your wake up call. Now wake the fuck up. And stop being a fucking douchebag. Stop being a fucking bitch. Start being kind. See what happens. And that's why kindness always wins. Because you stand out. Elegance. And when you put positivity out there, positive things will come back to you. You put negative things out there. You put drama. Why is it that the person in school that's always creating drama, drama always goes back to that person, whether she likes it or not. And then they say, drama just follows me. That Stay away from that person because that person is the one who creates drama. Whatever you put out, you receive the same thing. And some people are born with it, some people, I call that as a privilege to be gifted enough to God loves you so much or like whatever you believe in loves you so much to give you the gift of kindness and for you to be kind. Some people are born with it. Some people have to develop it. I'm a part of the people who, I'm one of the people that needs to develop it. So if you are like me, start today. If you're already kind, get recognition for it. And if you're on the path to it, start documenting your kindness don't 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 stop posting stop doing stupid shit and posting all this shit that everybody else posts you want to stand out do something different and that is why i wanted to talk about gary Vaynerchuk's post um and a bunch of my friends, if, if you're listening to this, um, you've, you've noticed that now I have three separate pages on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm pretty sure I did this on YouTube too, but I, I have to double check. Um, I have three different pages on uh, digital platforms. Um, one is Saber Danny. Um, I went back to my original username. Another one is Saber Physique. And the third one is saber promotion. Now I know this. This is going around, and that's just a personal thing that I'm doing. Um, I'm I'm gonna build up my brand. I've I've realized what um, being in this game means to me, and like I've I've conne- I've been connected to this a little longer than I thought. I was raised around a bunch of entrepreneurs. My my great grandfather. He was an entrepreneur, my my grandfather was an entrepreneur, he still is an entrepreneur, my father is an entrepreneur, and they, they trust me. And they have never worked for anybody else. They've always done it for themselves. And being around those people just like, kind of like programmed it into my DNA to love the idea and love the feeling of not responding to someone else um having your own thing, building your own brand, doing you know, starting from scratch and building a fucking legacy around it. Because I know that my great grandfather was a businessman. and I know he was an entrepreneur because that's that's what that's what I learned. And I want like my great grand my great 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 grandkids to know that I was the breakthrough of entrepreneurship in my bloodline. And that's a personal thing that I'm trying to do. And that's why I started Saber Danny where um, I'm bringing, I'm putting uh, my fitness content on um, a separate page, aka Saber Physique. You won't see, so if you follow me on Saber Danny, you, will, you won't You will see um, fitness content anymore. Um, they're gonna be kind of different. Uh, I'm not gonna talk too much about it, that what I'm about to post because I'm not 100% sure. But on saber physique, it's all going to be—it's all fitness. No, no personal things. No, no relationship things. Only and only and only strictly fitness about myself, about my clients, about uh, studies, about everything related to fitness. Basically, now the saber promotion is something that um, I'm working on the side. Um, I realized that. I truly enjoy coming up with stories, I I love um, making stories, not only stories but taking stories and turning them into um, visually consumable. So I, I, I really really enjoy that and it's something that I'm working on and over there mostly it'll be projects it won't be uh, a platform that I'll be posting uh, too often because it's not my main focus right now it's Sabre Danny and Sabre physique Sabre physique is my first baby and I want to document how I grow my business and I have nothing to hide I want to help people as um, as I go up and I'm starting from zero I work at a company I'm, I'm working a nine-to-five job that I want to that isn't uh, the highlight of my life but I have to because I have to support I have to be able to uh, fund my own business and um, I'm pretty much zero I'm, I'm, I am zero for now uh, business-wise I am zero and I want to document my growth I want to show people that an immigrant a, a who's disabled who um his family didn't support his entrepreneurial dream that's a funny thing by the way which i can talk about uh, on another episode um could do it um you can do it too i know that's kind of uh, cliche and like cheesy um but um andy furzilla say that says this it goes usually the simple cliche things are the ones that are actually right the ones that are actually true and yeah so thank you so much for tuning in hope you enjoyed the podcast hope you enjoyed this episode hopefully you got something valuable out of this if you're still listening I truly appreciate you pat yourself on the back because you are interested in not only um developing your physical status but also uh, broadening your uh, mental status so thank you so much if you like this uh, episode make sure to leave a positive review give me I don't know I don't know what the platform you're listening to this on because I I post this on multiple different platforms but leave a good review or if you can leave uh, five stars leave five stars pass this on to another friend I don't want your money I'm giving whatever I can for free and I will continue to do uh, this as long as I possibly can Um, all I ask in return is for you to pass this on to someone else that you think might help them um, another newbie or another person that needs to listen to uh, the kindness part of this podcast yep that's it so see you guys or actually not see you but yeah whatever see you in the next episode